has been a short break. After months of silence, now two episodes within this short period of time. But I'm really happy that I can um, welcome Felix again, who has uh, who has recorded the sixth episode with me, the Disillusion of Borders, which was great fun, and I'm really still proud of this episode. And I think the fact that it is the most listened to episode uh, is because you made a lot of uh, kind of promotion for it on your uh, um, Instagram and your confi students and stuff. Mm. So this is a really uh, well-liked episode. Yeah, thank you very much. I hope uh, it's the most heard episode because it's so good, but yeah, most probably it's also because I promoted it. <laughs> but um, still, some people uh, wanted to listen to it, so uh, yeah. I, I'm also very happy about that feedback. And today um, uh, we are going to talk about uh, a cluster of topics or a topic that I, um, if I had to put it in one of my three categories that I kind of neglected to mention last time, those categories being um, like artistic interpretation uh, of characters, um, ableism in biblical stories or ableism as a lens for biblical stories and the third is kind of community, communal care, kingdom of heaven, um, how we how we treat each other. So I would say this belongs probably in yeah probably the third one and um, I would like like last episode, um, I don't have one particular Bible passage to read, but uh, as we've discussed before, I would um, talk about one uh, kind of story complex, and you would read two um, Bible passages, and um after that i will pitch my my idea to you and then we're going to discuss yes so um yeah the general topic i want to talk about today is children parent relationships and dynamics and biblical characters with difficult children parent uh, relationships and how God plays into this and about our view or like our uh, um, especially Christian idea of God as a parent um, not a parent but a parent sorry but uh, um, and there's one particular psychological or therapeutic concept I want to introduce and explain and that's the concept of reparenting. And there's a lot that can be kind of subsumed under that category, but I find it really helpful to realize that most of us have had some of our needs not addressed in childhood. For some of us, that might have been 
really minor things. For other of us, it might have been really, really important gaps in, in care. And to be aware that throughout our whole life, our adult life, we will always crave those things and look for those things that we are still missing, like that care or that that guidance or that protection. And we will, if we're aware of this or not, we will always try to find this in other relationships or in other things. And we can ignore that and just kind of um, do those things unaware of the fact that we are doing that, doing them and hurt ourselves, hurt each other, um, get into harmful patterns, or we can be really aware of what are those things that I needed, I, that I didn't get, that I'm still not getting. Is there a possibility that I can nurture myself, that I can provide them for myself now? Is there a chance that I can be in relationships where that can be provided for me to an extent? Can I reconcile with the parental figures in my life that have not given me that, or have not fulfilled that need, but address it and be open about it and accept that now I am, I am the adult and now I can take responsibility for my needs and be, be caring with myself and be nurturing with myself and um, be it can also mean to grieve that some needs will never be met. For some for some needs, I can't fulfill them and I don't have other people to do that. But it's basically being honest about the things we would have needed, that we need now, that we will always need, and be honest about the fact if we can have them fulfilled or not. And I find, many people find that a really helpful concept to find terms and find categories for, for yeah, things that they've experienced, things they, patterns they fall into. And I think it's a bit of a, like, a better alternative to the classical Freudian, like, uh, approach of, like, like, look at children, uh, children, parent, dynamics that seems a bit like putting much blame or putting kind of mm -hmm. um, blame on the on the parents but also blame on why can't you get over this thing and I think this reparenting thing can accept that there are some things we will never get over and that's okay but we we can be we can be um, what's the English word we can be um, compassionate with ourselves we can be em empathic with ourselves and and cry about that and and give ourselves kind of the 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 room to be to be devastated about that and not feeling like now I'm an, an adult now I should get over the fact that I uh, wasn't cared for and so yeah what I what my pitch now I'm starting before the Bible stories but my, what my pitch basically is is we have this rich uh, tradition in Christianity to have this God Father, or as I will continue to call that, like God Parent. I will use the term Parent in this episode, um, and to have um, 
this we already have this term or this idea in in Christianity so that might lend itself to some kind of theological approach to this reparenting thing and what I want to do is um, so Felix you're going later going to be to be reading some passages where God is described at one uh, in one passage as a mother and then one as a father to have this this kind of parental theme and I want to look at the biblical forefathers, the biblical patriarchs, the classical ones of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob who um, always seem like, sometimes similar like to the Godfather figure, they seem like those towering perfect ancest uh, ancestral um, men who were kind of creator of nations and stuff but when you read the stories I love Genesis because those people are so broken and so relatable and those family dynamics are so modern in the sense that this sounds so familiar. I know so many people that would fit into that dynamic or I see some of my own family dynamics in that. And so I will quickly kind of summarize the important things um, for this episode from those Genesis stories. So you have um, you have Abraham, who um, is famous for his for the for the the story of uh, uh, wanting to sacrifice uh, his his son Isaac to God. And what I, always annoys me that the story is traditionally told in the way that, like God asked. Uh, Abraham to sacrifice his son as a test if he was obedient and after he saw he was obedient he said no it's fine but that's uh, that um, interpretation has been kind of rejected by many scholars or by many um, theologians because it is much more helpful to see it as a trauma some some some, some theologians um, uh, especially uh, many Jewish theologians uh, interpret this as a um, reliving trauma, uh, re-traumatization story, that Abraham comes from a tradition and from a culture where it is usual that children are sacrificed, where this is not not uncommon, and he is now in a different tradition, and he is now at a time in his life where he is a father, and he is now uh, in this position that he feels like. Oh, God would expect me to sacrifice my son. And then he, in the last minute, is kind of, can step out of this traumatic cycle and not repeat it and not go through with this. And um, still, um, kind of, there, there, there are many scholars who talk about the. Trauma traumatized Isaac and the strange relationship they must have had from that moment on because um, Isaac saw what his father would like was was capable was almost capable of doing and then we have this next generation Isaac Jacob Esau um, family dynamic with the second born son who so desperately wants to be the first born son 
and who betrays his brother, who is more in connection with his mother, who is really um, desperate for, for his father's approval and blessing. So he steals his father's blessing, then he runs away, then he kind of, because he's, he's afraid of his brother's revenge, and then at the moment when he realizes he has to come back, he has to reconcile with his brother Esau and with his father also, he has this famous fever dream or this famous dream where he's wrestling with the angel. And I, I, I find this story has so much potential, but who is Jacob wrestling with? Like, what is, how much of God is, in some interpretation it's just basically God who he's wrestling with because God um, at the end blesses him with a new name and it's the God wrestler, like Israel, like Israel is basically his new name, which means who he who fights with God or the God wrestler, basically. Um, and <laughs> that reminds me, there's, uh, I've just heard a really cool modern translation of the Shema Israel, which is mm -hmm. like, the, um, basically, hear Israel, like, hear me Israel, but somebody translated it as, listen up God wrestlers, which, <laughs> which, yeah, kind of like, but, um, so when Jacob is in in this night before he's going to meet his brother and his father again and really scared about what he has done, how the relationship is strained now, is is broken, he says to this figure, this angel that he wrestles with, I will not stop wrestling with you until you bless me, which is something he always wa he wanted the blessing of his father. He basically wanted the the validation of his brother that he has also the right to be the, the firstborn and he wants the validation from God and kind of this is all mixed together and just thinking about how many relationships he is struggling with and also who am I who who, uh, who is this person and after this this wrestling he gets a new name he gets a new identity and um, I, I find this story has much potential for our discussion later, so I just wanted it to, to, to yeah, lay, uh, yeah, to, to um, kind of summarize it a bit. And so you have those, those figures that the sentence, the God of our fathers, basically refers to. And the God of our fathers seems like, always sounded to me like something like, like a hall of fame or like, really grand statues of of the patriarchs but the god of our fathers means the god of really broken and troubled men who kind of get through and kind of reconcile with their families and uh, who also have the right to to call god their parent and to be small and be, to be fragile and to be broken and to long for parental blessing and um yeah, that's that's basically the my biblical input. And if you like, you can wait. I will send you the English text version. It is um, Isaiah uh, sixty-six verse um, twelve and thirteen. And after that, it's Romans 8, verse 15, uh -huh. in the New International Version. So. 
Thank you. Yes. Um, actually, I noticed that um, I was dealing with that topic more or less the last weeks uh, also because I was working on the topic of friendship in the Old Testament and working on that topic I recognized that most relationships and most um, uh, pictures of God, of how God is in the Old Testament refer to family relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's really uh, fascinating that uh, almost the whole Old Testament is only based on family relationships and mm -hmm. it's so important. And on the other hand, that in the Old Testament, are, I think there's no relationship between father or mother and son or daughter, which is not in some way broken. Yep. So you only have... Quite re relatable. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah, no, I, I don't, I can't find any relationship which is uh, only good and only um, healed. So uh, that's that's the first point I make in our um, talk, <laughs> that um, although there are only those broken relationships, um, still God as a parent is, uh, I would say, the strongest picture how we imagine God. Mm -hmm. I think uh, mm -hmm. especially God as father is is uh, there's nothing else uh, which is su such a strong picture and to add one is uh, there are also fewer but there are also passages where god can be described as a mother so we can find it in isaiah 66 verse 13 as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be the comforted over Jerusalem. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. I like the word comfort in English because in German we would just say trösten, but in yeah. English comfort can mean some so much more. It can be wiping away tears, it can be cradling in an arm, but it can also kind of feel like physical comfort like a comfortable ki uh, cushion or like uh, um, something soft, something to, to, to feel protected in. And yeah, I, I like the word more than trösten, like than the German word. And there's a beautiful uh, aria in, Ar 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 I don't know how is it uh, in English, uh, in the Messiah mm -hmm. for, of, of George Frederick Handel, uh, what uh, comfort ye Jerusalem? I think it, it refers to that passage. Yeah, I should know that, but I wasn't paying attention apparently when we sang it in the choir. Why no, it's a solo. It's a ah, solo okay. Uh, okay. part. Mm -hmm. Phew. And yeah, after our podcast, you can mm -hmm. hear it. It's it's very nice. I I think it's very nice. And just to add one. And it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It's 
almost in the end of a long passage about the Holy Spirit. And the verse I will read uh, describes <coughs> how the Spirit enables us to call God our Father. So I, I will read it. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. We'll read the, the last verse again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Thank you very much. So now this is our like scriptural basis and let's let's dive in and yeah try to bring together those different concepts. Um, when I just had to because we were just talking about the choir, I just uh, had to think about the this beautiful French song we were singing in four years ago, 2017 in the um, mm. uh, the ennui. Um, where it's it's uh, French, but it also uses the word Abba, and it has this oh. one. And I think it's in the the first uh, um, verse is really sad, and the last one is really optimistic. But I don't know in which this is. But it says Abba, Abba, Romo Petit, um, and it's like make me small. Father, Father, make me small. Like God, mm -hmm. make me, make me tiny, make me. Um, and the the other one is um, uh, about like lift me up close to you, and it's really kind of make me a child or make me make me like carry me in uh, a just yeah this calling to abba this calling to to god as a father or as a parent uh yeah just reminded me of that beautiful song um yeah do you have any do you have any questions to the concept of reparenting because i'm not sure if i explained that like well enough i i'm not sure but i have a i have an idea but it's maybe uh it's too much, but I will uh, tell you and uh, we can decide if we want to discuss mm -hmm. it. Uh, I thought if maybe you can see the whole New Testament as story of a reparenting mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Because I think, um, yeah, w what basically happens in the New Testament is that God... Um, shows himself not only as father because maybe he noticed that uh, it's not enough but also adds the perspective of uh, being a son that's nice and, and that... yeah just i'm just always kind of uh uh careful about not what's what's the english pronunciation of supersessionism this um this dangerous idea that kind of the new testament is the kind of like the 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 better version or the fulfillment of the old like the, the, yeah, the yeah, Hebrew yeah. bible I, I know but what I, you mean but i i feel like this idea of having that 
that basically the, the, the Christian Bible, the, the New Testament, being one particular lens on, on relationships. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that, okay, how about this? How about we explore the idea of God being a child? Not just the all-powerful, like... Um, um, yeah, I think that's what I mean, that uh, that connected to the father. I, I'm not sure from which point on, but I think mm -hmm. nowadays connected to the point of the heavenly father mm -hmm. is a lot the concept of he is almighty, uh, mm. omnipresent and, and scary and can can suffer. And uh, I think uh, through the perspective of Jesus Christ, uh, there's. Um, he adds the perspective God can suffer and God uh, also suffers from uh, broken relationships. That's, I wouldn't say yeah. that is, I, I would say it's probably a human problem, but mm -hmm. uh, so, so I think, of course, you can find it already in the Old Testament, but I think uh, it's. Um, uh, it's very present in the in the yeah, Christian Bible. Yeah, I mean, I, just because I've just been listening to it, the the episode from last week where Avery and I talked about um, Elijah and God presenting uh, as fra mm. fragile and mm. frail and like the the whispering and stuff. Yeah. And so, we, like, you have those things, but I agree that there seems to be like a, a theme in the New Testament of. Let's try this approach. Like, let, let's look at broke. I like your sentence that you just said about God suffers from broken relationships. I really, really mm -hmm. like that approach. And that um, kind of... Uh, I like that the German word for reconciliation is Versöhnung, which basically means re-sunnification or re-sunning. Like, how would... Like, I have no idea if, if that's correct uh, f from an etymological perspective, but uh, actually, yeah, it sounds. <laughs> it sounds. Uh, it, it could yeah, probably come nice. from from Zune also. Yeah, but, yeah. But but I, I always felt like oh, Versöhnung. That's like making sun again, making yes. like repairing a relationship, and. Um, but from from like a. Um, therapeutical or um, psychological uh, perspective do you think that the concept is clear or would you would you add or would you like me to add something or have any questions the reparenting mm. idea actually yeah I, I'm not really sure if uh, the aim of the concept of reparenting is that uh, someone else takes over the no no part. no no that's okay. yeah sorry that's not the, the aim yeah okay so it's just uh recognizing what um terms in the relationships have been uh toxic or problematic or in any way uh yeah not good and what then what is the next step I think the uh, the next or like I think one important s step with recognizing this is also recognizing that we unconsciously always search for mm -hmm. those things in other relationships mm -hmm. or even in the relationships with 
those parental figures with our parents or our carers or um, our guardians that we still as adult people still want the things we never got and that's something we automatically do and by recognizing those patterns um, doesn't mean we stop them or it doesn't mean we, we don't need to think anymore but just to be conscious of those things is really important that those is a craving this is, this is something that guides us in what relationships we look for or what we look for in relationships mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we can kind of be open about this to ourselves to the people in our relationships to say um, this is something I will always be craving and I know this is something that you can't give or or I know this is something that is really much to ask or even or I know this is something you would you're willing to give but maybe that's not a healthy dynamic but just to be open about this and to um, kind of be that parent to ourselves and also acknowledge when we can't be that parent to ourselves when when there's stuff that mm -hmm. will always be lacking and I think to have kind of a parental figure in God like like a like a somebody who is um, who kind of can step into that role mm -hmm. like a step parent huh? like uh, an uh, adoptive parent or kind of a natural parent that it's all encompassing that might be might be a good like good way to address that to talk to our, our parent God about the things we will we will always be lacking and to to feel seen and to feel heard and to feel acknowledged in, in that and it might be a helpful tool but I'm also really aware that this parent God and especially the father God image has also done a lot of damage when it has been in cultural contexts where the father figure can is like authoritarian sorry and is can be like aggressive and um, can be um, like put on a pedestal as this is what you have to achieve but you will also never achieve it and kind of being a punishing or a judging uh, parental figure and I know that uh, when you feel like oh great now I moved out from this toxic relationship at home but this guy sitting on a cloud in the sky is always judging me and always looking down on me and so I never be fully adult and never be kind of I know that many people have grown up with this image of God and this idea and this um, really scary and intimidating idea of God as a father and so I know that for some people it can be helpful to kind of switch words and just use mother but if you have a toxic relationship with, with your mother or with other um, female <coughs> guardian figures that might also be problematic but um, we have in our society a more tender and more vulnerable mother image and more like soft and caring and comforting than uh, like our, our the images associated with father so that might be helpful for some people to kind of really switch the word Yes, but it names also a problem that uh, uh, gender stereotypes are very yeah, present yeah, in that. Because 
just as I read, I, I very like that verse from Isaiah um, that uh, God comforts like a mother does, but uh, yeah, the roles are very clear. So yeah. the mother is, is the one who comforts, who uh, gives protection to their child under their wings and uh, uh, who's a, a soft and gentle. And uh, if uh, when God is described as a father he is mostly described as uh, strong and he gives uh, power and uh, almighty and yeah i think it's good to re to question that that That's... positions but actually um even if i i have my critics about uh uh the the gender stereotypes, I, I still can find a lot in, in the pictures and God as a father and also as a mother is a very important um, picture for me. And I think that's why it's important and like shout out to Avery Smith, uh, Avery Smith and their podcast Blessed Are the Binary Breakers to break those binaries in biblical context and to kind of um, have images of God um, where God is non-binary and God is like I like that the word um, Shadaim means the almighty one but also means breast mm. or can also mean womb no womb was something else but kind of um, that you have like in the whole uh, Hebrew Bible and also in the New Testament you have images where those those this binary is kind of broken down and um, where, where God is deliberately portrayed as not just a father or not just a mother, but as a, a parent that can encompass all those qualities and those qualities are protecting and nurturing and uh, comforting and um, like, um, like raising you up again, but also allowing you to be small and to be vulnerable and all those things and to be aware that those texts were written in a in a society with like um, gender roles who were really um, clearly uh, kind of uh, split between like the binary of male and female, mm -hmm. but that the text often subverts those binaries and to to acknowledge that and to to see that yeah to 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 seek out those out those passages and kind of highlight them a bit uh, and. Um, especially in a in with in, in queer theology, there are a lot of people doing that, and yeah, I'm really grateful for that for that work. Um, yeah, with the um, with the uh, God of our fathers passages, uh, or like the the ones I I, I framed as those, um, I I find it so fascinating how how kind of those those three generations that are depicted are so there's so much repetition there there's so much the same conflicts come up over and over again and this mm -hmm. like um transgenerational trauma is a really useful term for that that tra mm -hmm. uh, trauma is passed on and is repeated and is not if not dealt with and if not um kind of processed it will be passed on and it will be kind of out of place and out of time because um 
uh, yeah, for example, if we if we have this idea of Abraham coming from a different culture, then he then he basically starts basically starts a new culture in this narrative, and then there is stuff that happened in that other time and other place and other culture that is passed on throughout those generations and the trauma is there but the, the cause is nowhere to be found and people are living with this with this inherited trauma and don't know where to put it because they haven't actually suffered the uh, original uh, traumatic event uh, but still kind of live with that installed fear and installed um, trauma mechanisms and uh, survival mechanisms that like Abraham has installed uh, like in them. So Isaac never lived in a society where it was normal, it was uh, common to sacrifice children, but still he is traumatized by, by that somehow, mm -hmm. even he's never lived in that time and place. And Jacob is traumatized by not being blessed by his father uh, and not being that that uh, not having that validation from his father. And th this is stuff that like you have the same conflict in in Abraham's family with with Isaac and um, Ishmael. Who are also mm -hmm. both fighting about the firstborn right, and then you have <laughs> Judah, the son of Jacob, who has two sons who are twins, who also kind of fight. Like the birth must be have been very, very painful for the mother because they basically fight who gets out first. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's really like um, it's kind of this. This will continue. This cycle will not stop until somebody breaks it and somebody will kind of deal with this. And so this, this idea of um, realizing, oh, my parent, like in this case, um, realizing as the son of the sons of Judah, oh, our father, he was a child of somebody who himself was denied the blessing by a man who was always sacrificed by his father. Wow, those people were also children once children of people who were children once mm. and this whole this all this vulnerability kind of breaks down and destroys this image of those great patriarchs who did everything right and that can be kind of a relief because you can realize oh there has this is an injury this is trauma my parent my ancestor who i've in, kind of inherited unwittingly this trauma that is kind of partly ruling, ruining my life, that also comes from a vulnerable position, that also comes from being a neglected child. And to have kind of this, we are all vulnerable, we are all children, we are all not fully almighty powerful adults who get mm. everything done, is an equalizer. It kind of puts us all on the same level and it allows God to be, like if, if God is the parent of Abraham and is the parent of Isaac and is the parent of Jacob and so on. Then we're all in this. It's a, it's okay to be a child. It's okay to have God as this this parental figure. And then mm -hmm. to to kind of crush through that even more, as you said, with this New Testament perspective of God being also allowed to be a child, 
and being also allowed to be cradled and nursed and um, uh, put in diapers and not being able to feed himself as a as baby Jesus and not being able to to walk and to 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 articulate himself but kind of being extremely dependent and uh, in need of all that in need of comfort protection and so on so that kind of God goes out of God's way uses every possibility to make us no longer afraid of vulnerability no longer afraid of being a child no longer afraid of needing support and help and protection and to see like uses every angle see i be your parent or see i be a child look it's not scary like um to to kind of and also see those people you have also uh, you have always felt like they are almost gods like your forefathers they're children too they're really broken people they're they're growing and they 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 and look i'm their parent and they're like to really break down this idea of we have to be almighty and perfect and not afraid of anything and capable of everything and um but we can be dependent and we can be vulnerable and yeah i i think god tries a lot of angles and a lot of different ways to 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 rid us or to take away this fear yes i i can agree i think the the story of abraham and his uh child children and and grandchildren uh, can be told basically as story of uh, of God's grace that uh, although this is like such a broken uh, family uh, history, this is his family. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. he he chooses uh, Abraham and his um, uh, children and and grandchildren, although he knows that. Uh, they are not perfect and uh, i think every chapter of uh, the the book is um of the yeah it's one book yeah is um full of uh imperfection like um abraham is not only a bad father he's also a bad husband like, oh yeah when he goes to israel uh, Egypt he he wants to sell his wife to the uh, pharaoh because he's afraid and uh, yeah and he's failing all the time and mm -hmm. uh, still god um is his god mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i think the the christian bible tells another version of the story when when god becomes Jesus Christ and uh, um, we learn to know a new perspective but it's also a story of grace that now we can God, uh, call God father and also uh, brother or mother mm. or mm. yeah with Jesus I am skeptical about sister but oh um uh, I think Jesus is okay with being called sister but um I think sibling is a nice. I like the word sibling. Yeah, sibling. It has 
it has the word uh, sib like like we zip it like group and yeah yeah that's community. true so uh but um i also like the idea of calling jesus my child like baby jesus that in especially in like uh in like christmas uh songs we often have this real joy in kind of little baby jesus and being really oh you're so cute and like this you remember this bavarian song we always used to sing in the choir uh um the ah, is that's yes. really kind of a bavarian uh oh you sweet little boy what are you crying about thing like um to really to really find joy in this role of like talking like almost baby talk to to a little baby and um yeah that that to talk about god this way is kind of transgressive and subversive and revolutionary to oh you're such a sweet little baby like this yeah. is this is yeah not the usual way you talk about a god no no yeah and absolutely right to yeah to have our god is the god of broken people and therefore is the god of real people of real existing mm -hmm. and of mm -hmm. of realistic people and of relatable people mm -hmm. and broken doesn't mean bad or doesn't mean toxic or doesn't mean in any way kind of wrong but means real and living and healing and changing and growing mm -hmm. and uh, those broken people make good choices and reconcile with each other and and sometimes make really really bad choices and that's like the story doesn't end there it just it continues and it's it's it doesn't have to be cut out of the story mm. it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah it's still part of their 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 journey yeah that's true yeah and we, we shouldn't neglect the the parts of uh, the books where they do good choices that's true i i very like the reconciliation of esau and uh, jacob. jacob yeah, yeah it's that's it's amazing this all oh, this this horrible fever dream you had you you really you really were so scared about what your brother would would kind of did he hate you all those years? How can you ever come back? Mm. How is going to be? And then this kind of running towards each other and being, being really. I mean, also it's kind of, it's a bit, bit not very nice to, kind of what Jacob does is he he sends his family first, <laughs> he sends his wives and children first, kind of as a as a buffer. Oh, I thought That's, he sends his livestock first, right? Oh, or possibly that. Yeah, but after that, the family, and then, uh, like, basically kind of puts off meeting his brother a bit, I think. So, ah, okay. But I think, if I could remember correctly, um, to my listeners, please feel free to correct me. But um, it's basically, at the end, kind of really embracing each other, and it all that doesn't really matter. There's still probably damage, and they're still going to need to talk, but at the moment, it's just really being happy to see each other. Yes. And uh, there's going to be at one time an episode s 
only about Joseph and how, like, Joseph and his brothers and about how queer and autistic Joseph is and how I, why I love him so much. And, um, but that story kind of always is, I love that part so much when Joseph reconciles with his brothers and mm. cries and is my father still alive and I'm Joseph, uh, I'm Joseph your brother, is my, is my, our father still alive? Basically just starting to cry and uh, breaking, like there's no bitterness, no anger. That's, that all has, has its place maybe later to kind of to talk about but at the moment it's just um like mm -hmm. um i uh it's important that i call myself your brother again yeah and the Yeah, I, I really, I really wish there were more, like, um, like movies about stuff like Genesis or like Samuel one and two, but not in a, not kind of in a um, uh, kind of theological way, but just for the drama, mm. just really the emotional, the relationship stuff, the dynamic, the the um, not like a soap opera, but kind of really delve into that that real stuff that realistic stuff of um i will not let go until you bless me or this all this stuff that that feels so relatable after like how many thousands of years because it's still family and it's still and if you if you imagine if you, if you're trying to kind of reconstruct what happens when you come into this world um you come into this world and you're, you're completely dependable on the people who raise you, who are your parents or your guardians in any way, like parental figures. And for a time in your life, those people are perfect. You, mm. you would never, why would you doubt anything they do? Because they can, they can maneuver this world. They can keep you alive. They keep themselves alive and your siblings. And they are so big and you are so tiny. They can lift you up and they can carry you. And they um, explain stuff to you, and they teach you to talk, and then you grow, and then you real the realization um, as you slowly become an adult that your parents aren't perfect, that your parents aren't gods, is painful because this has given you so much. If you had an upbringing with that feeling of security, mm -hmm. if you have been lucky to have that then suddenly that security gets shattered because seeing our own parents fail or seeing our own parents being broken or faulty or do or make mistakes it's kind of but you 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 were my my whole security system you mm -hmm. were my whole mm -hmm. and to kind of allow that to happen is really difficult and to be um to find your own stability and you maybe even find it in other relationships with other people, with God, with yourself. Then you can allow your parents to be actual also children of God mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and children of other people and children with trauma. And that is a really painful process and not just for us, but for people 
like thousands of years ago and I that's why why I love biblical stories like that because they're honest about that what what I wonder and I don't know if you have a question is uh, why people keep on uh, imagining God as a father because I think everyone does that process you just described that we mm -hmm. realize that our parents are not perfect that our father is not perfect and still God as a father is such a strong image and God as mother is not such a strong but God as a parent is such strong why why don't we take another image I think some like um, there's been a lot uh, written about like from a psychoanalyst a psychoanalytical perspective like Freud and so on who have been really kind of um, really um, critical also kind of uh, almost kind of cynical about religion that is kind of oh we need kind of a replacement father or we kind of put our mm. own father into kind of this godlike figure mm. and that It, there might be some truth to that, but I find it a bit too easy and too oversimplified and too also too cynical because the angle I'm trying to, with this reparenting approach, is kind of, let's, re let's kind of um, be honest about what we want a parent to be, what we need from a parent, and let's kind of examine whether we had those needs fulfilled and maybe maybe put it this way God made us if we believe that God made us then we believe God made us needy God made us with some needs and the fact that those needs weren't fulfilled that is never our fault and the fact that God made us with those needs is already acknowledging and honoring those needs and having God as a father or as a parent who made us this needy puts that as the that is a fact that is the the starting point if you've been neglected if people have treated like have have not cared for you if people have not fulfilled those needs when you were when you were vulnerable that is on society that is on them that is not your fault you were made this way and god as a parent gives you that right to be vulnerable and gives you that right because god made you with those needs and mm -hmm. maybe maybe to have god as a father is reclaiming this neediness the 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 reclaiming the I'm a child too. I'm a. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm uh, in need of other people, support, care, comfort, love, relationship, and to basically, if we if we would kind of say, oh, this parent thing didn't work out because my parents um, kind of did this and that, so let's all for forget about the whole concept and like God is my brother or like that would work too but it kind of re reclaims and kind of says no no I have a right to be a child I have a right I have a right to have a parent and I have a right to have those needs it doesn't mean that God will kind of magically fulfill all your needs but it says God will say no no this is right you're you're created in a way 
that you need things and society the kingdom of god the like kingdom of heaven should be this way that those needs are honored and fulfilled but we live in a broken world where that doesn't happen but god still says yeah you're right to have this need mm -hmm. that's my kind of countering those like like uh psychoanalysis psycho analysis guys like freud and jung mm -hmm. who basically said yeah uh or like uh, with jung i'm not sure but with freud kind of having this whole focus on um overcoming basically overcoming parent children parent relationships and I would say, no, no, that's how we're built. And, um, but I think a lot of people have written about how a father God is just a replacement for a um, disappointing human parent. And I find that too simplistic. Yeah, especially because it's always uh, connected to a special uh, image of a father yeah 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 and if you keep it on the level like you did that it's basically um, recognizing that i'm needy as a child i think it, it makes sense to me and kind of this this um, roman passage that you read like um kind of this right to call God a parent, this kind of, this adopted, adopted, like, this, this, this sonship and this, of course, it's also kind of in connection with the adopted state of, status of King David and the, uh, with, with Jesus as the, the um, uh, what's the English word for eingeborener Sohn, kind mm. of, incarnated yeah the the this is yeah like the sonship of of jesus uh the, the whole son or, or children's child status there there is much more tradition to that but it's also kind of i in in the context we were discussing i i think it's a right it's something it's something that you that it's okay to feel like a child it's okay to to need just because you're an adult doesn't mean you you're not needy as a child you're not in need of stuff you're not independent you like independence is a real real um con it's a real kind of over um uh um what's the word überschätzt uh overestimated yeah it's it's it's, it's really um also like uh avery smith also often um uh, uh quotes someone i forgot who uh who talks about interdependence a lot and that's a really important concept to replace like independence with um mm. because interdependence is also something that would really fit with this holy spirit idea of this is your community this is relationship mm. 
this is mm -hmm. communication and love and exchange and solidarity and caring for each other and this can relieve you of this idea of being grown up and independent and an adult and needing to do all by yourself but you can be dependent you can call god a parent now through the holy spirit yeah i think in the romans uh passage it's interesting that the opposite of uh being god's children is uh, being slaves mm -hmm. but yeah. it fits yeah. it, it fits very well to your interpretation because being slave basically means uh you are not acknowledged to having ha any needs yeah yeah and having yeah being a master doesn't acknowledge having any needs and being a slave doesn't have acknowledged like as a master you're powerful and you're you you're in control of everything and as a slave you have you have no rights and no 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 right to your own life and to so this this whole power dynamic of masters and slaves is completely broken down and we are like by the holy spirit by this we are one we are community we are we are relationship we're interdependence we are strong and weak at the same time um we we kind of um um uh, it's like communal support, like the thing that one person can't do, another person can. And by, yeah, this can allow us to feel like, to, 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 to acknowledge our needs and to, uh, to, yeah, call God parent. And I, I know, I noticed that I talk a lot of about, about future episodes, like the last podcast also, I, I, kind of uh, did a lot of previews about future episodes, but I really want to do an episode about hierarchy and especially mm -hmm. from an autistic, uh, from an autistic perspective that for autistic people often hierarchy doesn't make sense and we don't, we kind of walk through the world where people say, ah, you can't do that and we, we really don't understand why and how mm -hmm. many biblical figures, especially prophets or also Jesus do the same thing, not because they want to be kind of provoking or transgressive but just because that hierarchy doesn't make sense to them and um, to have so many biblical stories where, where hierarchies that are like common sense in the society the story is like um, takes place they are broken down they are kind of um, uh, subverted and uh, that's an episode I really want to do and the other one uh, the other topic I, I just had to think about um, uh, what was it? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this I need to do more episodes in for this category of the kingdom of heaven and um, communal care and interdependence and mm -hmm. being uh, more than just weak and more than just strong but being um uh being part of a bigger thing where where you can at the same time be a teacher and be a student be a parent and be a child be um serving and being served because you're you're in a complex uh community 
that allows you to be all those things and not have those fixed roles of you're the leader now, you, you're not allowed to have any needs, or you're, you're kind of the servant, you don't, you don't matter at all, and, um, or you're the teacher, you have to know everything, and you're the child, nobody expects anything from you, but to be complex and be, be multifaceted, because uh, living in this ideal kingdom of heaven community, in this interdependence allows you to be more than one thing, allows you more than one role. And those are really issues I want to look further into in, in future episodes. Uh, and yeah, I should really look up some biblical stories that go with those topics, but enough foreshadowing We're still with this episode. <laughs> if I, uh, if, if a story comes to my mind, I will tell you. But the origin story of David maybe is one good start. The uh, shepherd's boy. Yes. Or the. Yeah, who was elected, um, although the um, maybe the hierarchy would say that the brother the brothers are much more suitable. Or the um, yeah yeah or. Also, the thing I was talking about with Jonas Lauter, shout out to Jonas Lauter, welcome, mm -hmm. you are always welcome to a podcast episode, if you like. Um, when he did his, um, his church service um, that he was graded on, about um, Saul and David, mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot about um, how David's presence and his music and his company could help Saul because it wasn't in the in the usual hierarchical dynamic of the palace of being the king, mm -hmm. of having to mm -hmm. be um, responsible and perfect all the time. But David actually was in relationship with Saul, and in friendship mm -hmm. and in music and in love, mm -hmm. in in a kind of this is real. This is he. This is the first time in ages Saul probably could be himself. And because for all the other people he was just a king, and to have those like roles being really restrictive and painful and and, and damaging, and um, yeah, that's what that's one thing I haven't really. We could also talk about in this, uh, in the light of this episode, that being a parent with this with those expectations of what a parent is can also be really scary and really um, harmful and uh, and damaging when you have Abraham oh no I'm a father now when I think of father I think of my father who who was like this in this horrible child sacrificing society or like mm -hmm. I think of my trauma and now I am a father. I am in this role, and this role defines me now. And how do I navigate that? And to to subvert those roles and to break free of those of those predetermined mechanisms and and dynamics and power like power dynamics can be life saving. It can be really necessary for for actually living in community with other people. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if kind of, so 
Isaac, you're a father now. Do your father thing. And all he can think of, oh, my father tried to sacrifice me on a hill and then didn't. Great. Like, then just scrap the word father and start anew. Or like, to, 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 to examine what those words and those roles mean and how much pressure that can put on on people now put into those roles and when they're allowed to be children of God and when they're allowed to be children too and have needs and have flaws and do things wrong and make mistakes that can make all the difference of, of mm-hmm. uh, um, not being kind of limited and scared and restricted by those roles and those ideas and yeah, that's why if, if the word mother for God has more positive connotations, then use mother. If the word parent is neutral and helps you more, then use that. If the word, some people use the word guardian as a replacement for parent, then mm. that could be helpful. But kind of to, to, to just be conscious about the words you use and not just use father because that's how we learned it, but use father for a reason. Or lose, lose parent for a reason, and um, we were we were told in uh, our pastoral training. Uh, I think it was when we discussed how to to write uh, prayers for our um, for our services that mm-hmm. we shall sh- shall always uh, try to um invent new pictures new images uh, how mm-hmm. we uh, imagine god and uh, mm-hmm. to abandon old not to fully abandon but just to be creative and i think yeah the, yeah the, the most uh the most uh, creative one i heard from the from the trainer was uh you can could god you could call god also slicky eel uh, slicky in the prayer yeah because God and I is think, so evasive. <laughs> yeah, I think in some situations in life, uh, I I experience God as something which you can't grasp, which is like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, <laughs> you can't hold in your hand. And so Slicky Eel could be, I, I think I maybe I will never use it in a, a service, but uh, it um, encouraged me to, to search for new images. Um, that reminds me, um, um, of the text we've, um, we've kind of, uh, corrected or like, um, read through the the text you've written, your sermon for the Indian conference, where it was about, um, the word, was it evasive? Oh, erratic. The Ah, Holy Spirit being erratic. We didn't find a German word for that. That wasn't kind of either ableist or um, um, medicalizing or pathologizing or kind of... But we tried to think of like a cat. (laughs) Like of, hmm, I don't know why it's doing that. Probably has a reason, but I don't know. And let's just accept it for what it is. And that that feeling for the Holy Spirit would like sleeky eel is yeah difficult to grasp. Yeah. And yeah, I, I like I like this idea of of course you can use um, images that are established but kind of 
be sure you fill them with life and to be sure you know why you use them and to um, not use them as an empty husk or like um, just be aware what those words make what those words conjure up in your mind and what they can conjure up if you if you kind of that's why it's so important to be aware of language that if if you only use he him pronouns for god that's fine but you will like people have said it's important to shake it up and use she her pronouns or they them to kind of break up the monotony and to say to 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 kind of establish different pictures and to to kind of uh, um, break up this uh, thousand year old um, gender bias or like um, and for some people is yeah but I the, the masculine uh, um, attributes of God are important to me and then yeah then maybe they're not just masculine maybe just challenge what what you and and to also think why is if you say God is all-encompassing why are you offended by uh, she her pronouns for God and people often don't know how to answer that except like I'm used to that or they try to be biblicistic but I think it's uh, doesn't work out yeah especially when you have when you have like so many um, like passages in the Bible where this is like on purpose subverted with like traditional feminine attributes to to a masculine yeah. addressed God yeah sure like being I'm always yeah happy when, when people are willing to do podcasts with me so thank you very much Felix for for your time and for your input and it's always fun to do a podcast with you and you're always uh, invited to to thank you podcast. I think uh, it sh shouldn't be our last podcast. Is it what? Sorry. Uh, so I, th I think it shouldn't be our last podcast. And uh, thank no, you no, very much will. for uh, having me. And uh, yeah, I'm. I, I also very really like the talks, and it's always uh, um, brings a lot of new thoughts to my mind. And yeah, so this has been the eighth episode. If uh, anyone has any requests or recommendations for topics for Bible passages um, that would lend themselves for, for an episode, I'm always happy to hear. If anyone wants to be a guest, uh, I would be excited about that. And yeah thank you all for listening thank you felix and yeah see you next time bye